Welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat, the podcast where we take animals you see every day, animals you've heard of, and animals you didn't know existed, and break them down in a single episode. Our goal as animal lovers is to spread knowledge and awareness about the creatures we share this floating rock with. We hope you learn something new. Welcome to Curiosity Taught the Cat. I'm Jack. I'm Julia. I'm Colton. And today we are talking about the pangolin, which is a fun little break in uh, kind of the opposite end of the spectrum compared to the last four animals we did. Uh, penguins are very adorable. They are not threatening in any way. This is going to be a fun one to talk about. And this is another species like ones we've had before where there are multiple different species of penguins in the world. We will specify when there's differences, um, like there's some differences in size and appearance that we will talk about, um, but everything else, it's pretty general when it comes to every species. Now, as far as how the penguin looks, this is something that's like all the way across the board, similar with all of them, is the very unique shell that they have. They have little plates and scales made up of keratin. Now, keratin is the stuff that actually makes up like your fingernails and your hair. They have it in a hard, scaly form that overlaps all the way the length of their body, which is actually more of a defense mechanism allowing them to keep predators off of them. They're, and their size ranges anywhere from 30 centimeters to 100 centimeters, just depending on your species. And then with their weight, you have a weight range of 3 pounds all the way up to 70 pounds. And so when, we, when you hear those large ends of the spectrum, it's because there's actually a species of penguin called the giant penguin. And it is, it is a very big creature. Um, and I saw the, also the scales because, like I said, they're made of keratin. So it's like really pretty thick, dense material. They, the keratin, the scales make up almost 20% of the penguin's total weight. So it's, they are truly covered and made sure they are protected. And also with their appearance, the color uh, just differs with the species. It's just different tones of brown. So you have brighter, like, yellowy, orangey browns to really dark browns. Again, it just depends on the species. And to give it also an idea of appearance, so one of the nicknames for them is the scaly anteater because they do essentially look like anteaters but with scales on them. And we'll get into why uh, that's kind of funny that they're called scaly anteaters, even though they may look like anteaters. Um, but that's just another nickname to kind of give an idea of what they look like. So where they're found is they live in a bunch of different climates. They live in woodlands, tropical forests, savannas, arid deserts, and parts of Africa and Asia. So the environment just depends on which species and obviously there are multiple different ones in parts of Africa and in Asia. As far as the diet of the pangolin, it's pretty consistent throughout any species that you find. They're going to be eating things like ants and termites, which is one reason that they're so important in many of their ecosystems to keep termite populations in check. Um, only thing that varies in their diet is sometimes they'll come across areas with um, larvae and they'll sometimes seek that out. But for the most part, a pangolin actually only goes for one or two species of insects, and that's it. And when they actually um, eat these ants and termites, um, they take them up with their long tongue that has sticky saliva on it, and they don't actually have teeth. So instead, we see this with some other species. They'll eat small stones, 
um, that help digest and break down the food in their stomach because of the lack of teeth. Now, these creatures, obviously, being that they don't have teeth, don't really have too many ways to defend themselves. The only real way that they have is the use of that keratin shell that they have with those scales. They roll up into a ball and basically wait out whatever their attacker is. Um, this is actually a, a very helpful trait for them to survive a lot of things, especially when it comes to protecting their young. They've actually been found to even curl around their babies to protect them. And then another thing that the penguins have when they curl up in a ball to help <laughs> tell attackers to get away from them, they release like a very smelly chemical. A, compared to almost like a skunk, where it's, hey, get away from me, I smell really bad. And I'm sure if you got it like in your eyes or if you got it in your nose too much, like it can be too much and overpowering where it might cause crying, all that. You might have a reaction to it. So that's another way they try to get predators to get away from them. And then their natural predators are uh, big cats, uh, such as like leopards, lions, um, and hyenas. And then in some parts, pythons are also a problem. Uh, then segueing into uh, reproduction, it's... They are very interesting, and we don't see this in a ton of mammals. The females seek out the males. So the males will leave their scent behind, whether it be with, like, um, uh, pee or, like, feces. They leave their scent behind, and the female will seek them out. Uh, when a female does get pregnant, uh, the the gestation period is about three to five months. Uh, and I know we, we've been big talking about, like, precocial things, and we'll see this with most mammals. They are not precocial when they come out. They have to stick around their mother and Colton brought up how the mother usually protects them, rolls them in their belly. You'll see that they are they cling to the belly a lot, and if they're not clinging to the belly, they'll actually cling to the tail of their mothers, and because they have to nurse and be around their moms for several months before they're able to be on their own. And then one more thing with the upbringing of the children: the fathers are not involved at all. Males have no part in the upbringing; it is only uh, mothers and the babies. And during this mating season. Um Males will actually sometimes compete for females that have actually been found to attack each other using their tails as clubs. And when the uh, mother actually gives birth to the babies, the babies come out and their keratin shell isn't hardened yet. And they're actually like a white color. And obviously this is because if they were fully hardened, it would be hard to push the baby out. And so this only lasts a couple of days, maybe up to a week, and then that's when it starts to develop the harder shell. Yeah, as far as the babies go after they're born... At about two years of age, actually, is when the offspring are fully mature and are abandoned by their mother. Which is kind of a long time given for a lot of animals. Usually you won't see them hanging around with their mother for a whole two years. So pangolins are nocturnal creatures. Uh, they, they, they hunt at night, and during the day when they are trying to stay safe and stay away from predators, they either burrow or they hide up in trees, uh, which is kind of surprising them being good climbers. They don't really look like they would be, but they are able to climb and hide in trees. And it's actually unknown how long they are estimated to live in the wild. Uh, but in captivity, they can live up to 20 years. So in the wild, it's probably slightly less than that. Um, but we only have documentation of them in captivity. Uh, so we mentioned earlier that they look like anteaters. And the way they eat is actually pretty much identical to how anteaters eat. Uh, so there's a special mucus that is inside the mouth of pangolins. And it helps make their tongue very sticky. And they'll basically break open a termite mound or an ant mound, whatever it may be, and then they will stick their tongue through the tunnels of this mound. Uh, and with the sticky tongue, they'll have ants and termites stick to it, and they'll be able to pull them back in and eat them. And in some cases, the penguin's tongue is actually longer than their body. 
it's usually probably the smaller pangolin species. Uh, I highly doubt that you're going to see a giant pangolin who's already four feet long and it has a tongue longer than four feet. And we've said that they look like anteaters and they have that nickname called scaly anteater. But they're actually more closely related to cats, dogs, and bears than they are to things like armadillos, anteaters, and aardvarks. Just some fun facts real quick. Uh, Penguins are excellent swimmers. We have seen them uh, swim across rivers before in stronger currents. Um, So, you know, we think about them, you know, they seem small. And if you look at them, you'd probably think that they would sink to the bottom. But they are really excellent swimmers. Another thing is that they have very terrible eyesight. Um, So they rely on the hearing and smell um, at night to escape predators and to hunt. Another one is that they can eat up to 70 million insects in a year. So, you know, when we think about that, you know, like, oh, tiny insects, but 70 million is a very large number. And then the last fun fact that I have is that penguins are the only mammals with scales. Right, and we had we had Julia list off some fun facts there because the rest of the penguin episode is kind of a sad story. Um, to just to give a preface for what this is about to get into, we learned that the penguin is actually the highest trafficked animal in the world. The only thing that beats it for trafficking is humans. So this animal is absolutely devastated uh, numbers wise because of this trafficking trade. The biggest reason for this trafficking is actually due to, I think, it's Chinese and Vietnamese uh, traditional medicine. And because people actually consider their meat a delicacy. Uh, and then the other big contributor to the numbers decreasing is also habitat loss. So for uh, the more Asian ones, it's more for deforestation. Uh, for the African ones, it's more just, you know, where they're living. The, the land's getting, the overall region they live in is just getting smaller and smaller. It's actually suspected that the penguin, over 100,000 of them, are trafficked every year with over 1 million in the past decade. Like we said, this is due to a lot of beliefs that they're used in traditional medicine and their meat is actually used as a delicacy in many places. Due to this, they're actually considered an Appendix 1 under the CITES um, organization, meaning they are extremely, extremely harmed by the use of illegal trade. So much so that if it doesn't change, they stand to go extinct in many places. So Colton mentions their uh, traditional medicine use, and we see this with a lot of keratin-based things. The other big one that most people probably know is like rhinoceros horn. Um, And it's mainly Chinese traditional medicine culture. They believe that uh, this keratin, whether it be rhinoceros horn or in this case, pangolin scales, uh, has uh, actual medicinal qualities. Now, let me, let's be clear. It has never been proven that any of this has any medicinal properties. It's just one thing that uh, Chinese traditional medicine believes. Uh, they believe it cures everything from like cancer to arthritis. Uh, and then, like you said, also the meat being considered a delicacy, a lot of more uh, well-off people in both China and Vietnam uh, like to dine on pangolin meat. So to, sh- to give an idea of how horribly trafficked this animal is, there was one time there was a bust in Singapore. It was actually in 2019. Or there were two busts in, uh, this, in one week in 2019. There was a 14.2-ton shipment and a 14-ton shipment of just pangolin scales. So over, what would that be, 28,000 pounds in both. So total over 56,000. 
thousand pounds worth of pangolin scales, and we believe that that came from over seventy-two thousand different pangolins, all from Nigeria. So just to give an idea of the the absolute huge scale that this animal is trafficked. And to add on to that, actually, I have another instance that I found. It was in 2013, where about 10,000 or 22,000 10,000 kilograms or 22,000 pounds of pangolin meat were actually seized in China, making its way to the Philippines. Uh, and, like, yes, this is very sad and this is very depressing for the pangolin. Luckily, we've tried to put in more restrictions. Uh, China actually elevated its conservation status, which is huge because a lot of uh, creatures that have this conservation problems like China traditional medicine, uh, because of where China ranks it, some things can still be done. Uh, but because China has elevated the conservation status of the pangolin, any trade to do with pangolin is now forbidden in China. And like I said, China's probably the biggest um, uh, problem with that. But the fact that there's so many world organizations cracking down to make it as hard as possible and very, very illegal because it is absolutely decimating their numbers. Now, to try and combat this um, harm that's done to their numbers due to trade and deforestation and habitat loss and things like that, many people have actually tried breeding penguins in captivity. Now, unfortunately, that really doesn't work too well. There are very particular species, especially when it comes to diet and habitat, any small changes they're very susceptible to and it actually has led to a lot of them they find it hurts their immune system so much that they almost instantly just die of disease when put in captivity and then depending on the species the conservation status ranges from vulnerable all the way to critically endangered so i think there's only i think there's two that are listed as critically endangered and i believe they are both uh asian ones because they're more they're closer to the source so they're the ones more preyed upon um, but now with the uh, protections that have been put in, we are hoping their numbers start to go up a little bit. But then the problem is the more protections there are, you see the, the species that are in Africa start to take a bigger hit because they have to go elsewhere to get the pangolins. Um, so that's where they stand, and their numbers are currently decreasing. They, they have not leveled out. They are not increasing. They are going down right now. Well, I think that about covers it for the pangolin. And be sure to tune in next time when we're going to be covering the mannequin bird. And don't forget to follow us on all our socials for updates, and you can find those in the description below. I'd also like to thank my friend, the musical artist known as Shades, for creating this amazing intro and outro for this podcast. I highly recommend checking out his other work.